2: Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. Early January is the most popular time of the year for single people to join an online dating site. I mean, it makes sense, right? They made it through the holidays with every annoying relative asking them when they plan to get married. And this is their time to take the bull by the horns and decide to find their person. New year, new you, and for many people, that means a new mate. So what's interesting about this, I think, is that it's usually an influx of men hitting these sites at this time of the year. Now, why is that surprising? It's because popular culture makes it seem as if men are holding off from getting into relationships as long as they can, and them joining dating sites shows that maybe that's not so. The idea that men can wait indefinitely to get married or have children is really a lie. And I think that it's one that really needs exposing. Yes, men can have children into old age, but why would they want to? For a long time, men were told that their dating and mating life could continue indefinitely. I mean, Hollywood does it all the time, right? Steve Martin became a first-time dad at 67. Rod Stewart had kids in his 60s, Larry King, Woody Allen, list of 60-plus-year-old dads goes on and on. But as I like to tell my single male friends, you're not Rod Stewart. You're not going to have a team of people to help you raise your kids. You're going to get mistaken for the kid's grandpa a lot, and it won't feel great. You can't wear leather pants and talk in a British accent. It's just not the same. Even setting aside the growing concerns from the medical community that a father's age can factor into various issues a child may have, including learning disabilities, only people without children could imagine that there's anything fun about dealing with a crying newborn when you're 60 or going to a high school graduation when you're nearing 80. A few years ago, there was this groundbreaking study called the Grant Study out of Harvard, which was conducted over 75 years, and it looked into male happiness. What it found was that what makes men happy is not very complicated. And corny as it may sound, love is the most important factor in a happy life for a man. Look, love doesn't have to mean marriage and children, but The study did find that the happiest men had meaningful relationships, often, yes, with their wives and children. So that means that while short-lived affairs found, you know, when you're swiping right on these apps can be exciting, they probably won't ultimately lead to happiness for you. The fact that relationships lead to happiness shouldn't be surprising, but somehow still is because the line sold to men especially alpha men who have these options, you know, when it comes to choosing women is that settling down is for suckers, but more men are finding out that they were suckers for believing that and waiting. It also seems like men don't know who they're supposed to be anymore. You know, while they get a lot of specific advice during different stages of their lives, perhaps maybe even more than women do, there's no longer a sense of a big picture for men to live up to. You know, for example, women are encouraged to have it all, which, look, is a ridiculous goal, but it's a goal nevertheless. Women are told to aim for family, career, a perfect body, strong friendships, the whole package. Men are told to put off family until they have a career, as if these two things couldn't possibly run in parallel. Meanwhile, women outpace men at colleges, but don't seem to have that same pressure to have everything figured out before they look for a commitment. My number one podcast listener, my husband, says that I've talked about the success sequence too much on here. But to sum it up just one more time, if you finish high school, get married, and have kids in that specific order, your chance of success in life increases no matter where you got started in life. For a lot of people, men specifically, marriage and family isn't discussed as part of the wider picture of what makes a successful life. But men don't want to be alone any more than women do. And the fact is that boys should be told that a large part of their happiness puzzle will include a relationship. Tell your children, specifically tell your sons. Coming up next, an interview with Emma Jo Morris. Join us after the
3: break.
1: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Emma Jo Morris. Emma Jo is politics editor and columnist at Breitbart and was previously deputy politics editor at the New York Post. Thanks so much for coming on, Emma Jo. Thank
4: you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
2: I'm super excited to have you be here. I usually ask this question later on in the show, but you're pretty young, obviously, and already crazy accomplished. You're in a happy marriage, and you're just generally very, very cool. Do you feel like you've made it? Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Uh, you think <laughs> highly of me, and uh, think so highly of me, and especially the. The young I'll tell the story about how you asked Waffle House, you know, if, if their maple syrup was actual maple syrup later on in the episode. Yeah, so.
4: <laughs> I can't believe we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, I guess I'm I'm relatively young and I do feel like I've made it. And, and I'm glad that you touched on, the, like you named the things that you did, because obviously I've had a great career. I've had a crazy career and it's been super exciting and eventful and thank God accomplished, you know, I've been really lucky. But I think that the metric of made it when I thought about that question is like, like having a happy marriage is is the way, you know, and and I think that that is so um, underrated in society lately, especially like among people in my generation and, and around my age who are like, think that it's like limiting or tying them down or taking away some sort of freedom or taking away some sort of agency from them. And I found the exact opposite that I became so much more myself when I was in a serious relationship and getting married and post being married, like, and, and, you know, you can be totally open with somebody and there's no like hiding and no like bullshit. And like, it's just, that's, that's my metric of made it. And, and thank God, you know, I have, I have that. And, And that's, that's definitely it.
2: I love that. And actually, I love the story of how you met your wife, uh, though. It's definitely going to enrage people who spend like years swiping on the apps. She was your first match, right?
4: Yeah, that's right. I know. It's very annoying for all of my (laughs) friends to listen to this. (laughs) But yeah, that's it. Like I went into the apps thinking about like my, so I, I lived in New York for some years before I started dating. Like, I don't know. I was just kind of like, I was. Pretty in the closet, and like I just was freaked out by the whole thing in general, and Mm -hmm. it was felt overwhelming. And I, my work, I was in at Hannity at the time, I was at Fox, and so my schedule was like two to 11. And like, I just my social life was weird, and I just didn't want to get into it. And so then I finally. Downloaded an app and I had been listening to my friends horror stories the entire time, right? And it's always like a thousand dates and mm-hmm. you're seeing a thousand people and and it never goes anywhere and it's horrible and everybody is alone and um and I obviously wanted a better result, so I went into it with, with kind of a strategy, which was um, I am going to see one person at a time
3: mm-hmm.
4: and. um Obviously, not like thinking that anything is going to be serious, you know. Mm -hmm. Off that, but just like I'm not going to see multiple people at once while all of them are not serious. So that was that was my strategy with it. So I opened a chat with my wife now, and and what we were talking about is kind of funny, Um, you know, because I also wasn't like a hey what's up person, you know. I I tried to find something on her profile that I thought was Mm -hmm. interesting and ask her about it. She's an artist and she is completely clean, completely sober, no smoking, no cigarettes, no drugs, no nothing, no mm. alcohol, no nothing. And it said that she was in art school at the time. And, and so I thought that was weird. So I, I messaged her and I said, what kind of artist has no vices? Uh huh. And, and that was how I opened the conversation. She thought that was kind of interesting. And, and we got into a conversation about her religion, which I share. And anyway, it was, it was a good conversation. And she asked to have lunch. And so I deleted the app because wow. I, You're yeah. like, I'm done. Here we are. Well, no, not, not necessarily. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I, I I didn't think I didn't, I hadn't even met her, but I just, I had vowed to myself that I wasn't going to be one of those people who is like onto the next thing before they've even met the person or before they've got to know them. So I set up a lunch, like a time to have lunch with her. And then I deleted the app and, and I married her. (laughs) I love it. How old were you? Uh, It's 26. Oh my gosh. Uh, No, 25. I just turned 25.
2: When you got married. Yeah. Oh no.
4: When I got, when I met her, I, yeah. I just heard 25. When I got married, I had just turned 28.
2: Wow. Amazing. That's, yeah, I, I love it. So you write about serious topics, but you do it in a really funny way. And it sounds like that's kind of the approach that you use to woo your wife as well. Um, you wrote about spending the day with an illegal immigrant. That, that story really sticks out in my mind. It was like a real serious, well-reported story. And then at the end, he sends you a picture of his penis. Um, And it just has like a really, you know, hilarious kind of twist to it, but you just, you just covered it in such a great way. And then recently you wrote about your drunken lunch with George Santos, which I also thought was very serious, but hilarious and and just very well done. I think being funny is really important uh, to get people to listen to you. Do you also think that, is that like part of your philosophy?
4: Yes, definitely. And especially like, you know, you and me write about similar things and it's po- like, it's just politics and politics is so boring and it's so, yeah. um, it can be so niche too. Like, you know, you write for like junkies and I think that there's, you know, and I think, yeah, <laughs> Yes, yes. You write, you write for drug addicts. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it, yes exactly, that's their drug. And, right. And, uh-huh that's fine and whatever, and I like, I love my readers, and many of them mm-hmm. are politics junkies and everything, but I also think that there is certain things about our our medium that you can get through to so many people, um, more people, mm-hmm. and people who don't agree with you or people who don't even care about politics or whatever, and, and it's by just being kind of clever and entertaining. And so I yeah. think that like, you know, at Breitbart, I mean, and, and I know that you, you have this at the Post as well, because I worked there too, like you get so much liberty to really express yourself how you want. And and obviously mm-hmm. as long as you're making some sort of coherent point that has like, you know, a reason for why you're making it and and you know, evidence for for why you're saying what you're saying, you can deliver it however you want and and you can sort of be clever and creative right. about how you do that. So, you know, the mm-hmm. the illegal story was amazing because I have people from all over the political <laughs> spectrum from New York Magazine to Tucker Carlson tonight. Mm-hmm emailing me being like, that was hilarious. That was brilliant. And the story was called my day with a Biden migrant. And, you know, so I'm still saying what I want to say. I'm not sacrificing anything in terms of being like more bipartisan or more broad in my language or my message, Mm -hmm. but just the way that you deliver it can be so much more impactful when, when you can get kind of smart about how you're doing that. And I have fun writing.
2: Right, and, and and it was a human story. Like I thought, you know, you didn't make him seem like a monster, um, who was, you know, just awful. Um, I, I thought it was just very well done. Like we can care about people, but know that this, you know, what what's going on at the border is just wrong. And I think you, you, all of that really came across. Um, so you seem like you're having fun in general. Is that is that true?
4: Oh, for sure. Well, I don't take life seriously. You know what I mean? It's like the when you kind of have like in my opinion this is where it comes from for me like when you have some sort of relationship to god or like something bigger than yourself you know i'm jewish so my thing is god but you know if you're not religious still the same thing it's like the universe or something big you stop being so controlling about everything and you stop taking things so hard and It's like it's fine. Like somebody's taking care of you. Somebody's looking out for you. It's not all about you. You're not the center of the universe, and it and it allows you to like I think humble yourself a little bit, and also like have a little bit more fun because it's like no, I'm not in total control. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm going to control what I can, you know. And then the rest of it is like enjoy the ride because you get one. That's kind of how I
2: approach life. And that is why I took you to Waffle House when we met last year in Dallas for the first time. Uh, Emma Jo said she had never been to Waffle House, and I thought that was unacceptable. So we took an Uber mm-hmm. ride and we went to Waffle House and Emma Jo is Canadian. Is that Okay to say, yes, <laughs> can I tell people yeah. that?
4: Um, I'm from Quebec, so if I have any any local people from Quebec listening to this, I'm sorry to offend you by what she just said.
2: Well, but no, I, I think that they would love that where you just assumed that your local Waffle House <laughs> no, would have... The part that was offensive was that you called Quebec Canada oh. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I see, I, I apologize. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, so she at this Waffle House, she looks up at this waitress and asks... Um, do you have real maple syrup? <laughs> um, and the waitress said no. Uh, but Emma Jo, you know, I, I like that she believed. I like that you really you thought that that was a possibility at your three dollar waffle spot. <laughs> it shows the optimism you <laughs> <I'm> have. <curious. laughs> yeah, I was have you been to a Waffle House since? Like how how has that? Oh, now. I'm now. i It's like one of my favorite restaurants in America. Restaurants. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but there's this thing in Florida where, or maybe that's elsewhere as well, but in Florida, you know, a hurricane is going to be bad when the Waffle House closes. It's called like the Waffle House Index, I think. Um, that's how you know, like, this is serious. This is not just, you know, hang out and, and wait for the rain to pass. Um, so, you know, now that you know, you can, you can... Monitor Waffle Houses near you. What would you say is our biggest cultural or societal problem in America, and is it solvable?
4: Yeah. So I, you know, I just went on this kind of rant about how, like, you know, my my relationship is the most important thing to me, and and, and um, how fulfilling it is to be in a happy marriage and a happy relationship, and. Um, I speak more generally, because obviously, I, I guess, you know, not all of your listeners are going to be married. But if you have somebody who you're committed to, um, that counts. And and I think that there is such an epidemic of loneliness in this country, and such an epidemic of, like, phobia of commitment. And I think that that ends up manifesting in a lot of ways that, that we, you know, write about every day, um, most importantly, not having kids and not feeling tied to the land and the nation that you're a part of. Um, and, and there's so many statistics about how, you know, people, especially younger generations are having way less sex. They're having, when they are having sex, I saw a statistic, um, when I was thinking about this leading up to the show, 70%, seven, zero percent of people who are having sex have had, um, a non-committal kind of like casual sexual encounter in the last year from when they took the study, um, you know numbers of, for marriage are like in the dumps. Um, people are isolating, they're obsessed with social media um, and it's making them incredibly lonely in ways that they don't really realize because when you live connected to your screen, you feel like you have constant comfort, but it's actually total isolation. Um, and it's killing people's vibe. I think it's killing people's vibe. I think it's killing their mood. I think it's killing their sense of patriotism and sense of connection to the the, the earth, the land around them. And, uh, and and making them really not give a shit about the future of the country. Obviously, uh, you have nothing, you know, coming, coming after you. So why do you care? It's all about you and it's all about now. So I think that that manifests in a lot of ways. And I think that that's a really interesting thing that is really not talked about enough, which is... The decline in partnership.
2: Yeah. And you know, the thing is also, I think about this a lot, but those people are having terrible sex. Like they don't realize it maybe because they have never been in a relationship, but like the one-offs are just, that's going to be the worst version. And um, there was some way to like, let them know. But also it just concerns me that people in relationships don't have sex. Like that number has declined significantly. There was some crazy stat um, during the pandemic, where like way more people were watching porn and masturbating versus having sex with like their partners who were home. Um and it just it's we take the easy path and it's not the better path, and it, it's concerning. But so do you think it's solvable? Like how do we get people out of this loneliness rut? Oh, yeah,
4: like it's a hard call i think that you know i mentioned that part of the reason why i think people are lonely is because they're obsessed with social media and the thing is the messaging on social media is that marriage and commitment are limiting marriage and commitment is a ball and chain marriage and commitment is going to prevent you or inhibit you from being who you are who you want to be from self-exploration um and 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 you know ambition or whatever and like I think that there needs to be kind of like a recast of the narrative around relationships and marriage. And that's something that, you know, I like, I like, you know, one of the things that makes me happy and feels like I've made it is hanging out with normies, you know, and hanging out with people who have interests apart from politics
2: and- Who don't even know like the scandals or the whatever that we like live every single day.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Those are the most sane and cool people, obviously, (laughs) yes. And, and um and you know i think that like so i i will sort of get like a temperature check or like a gut check on like what's mm-hmm. going on in media and what's going on social media and like what's driving and stuff from those people who aren't immersed in it but who just kind of get the general message and yeah the general message is that marriage is outdated that marriage is archaic Uh, Partnership And that partnership sucks and and prevents you from being yourself or whatever. And and I think that, yeah, there needs to be a total total overhaul in that narrative. And I don't know how you do it apart from getting people to experience this themselves, because it's like one of those things that you can't really that somebody who is involved in it can't really understand. I don't think fully, but it's like, you know, you're talking like like talking about how bad casual sex is. That is Mm -hmm. so true. It's always bad. And I've never heard of somebody come out of a one-night stand and be like, that was amazing. And I feel like if they had yeah, they'd be dating that person, you know. But, but like, it's like, you know, when you're with somebody who you're committed to, that's when you actually get to be yourself, A. That's when sex is good, also, because of the first thing. And, you know, when you're with a random stranger, when you're with 10 random strangers who you're on a rotating dating basis with, it's like you never, ever get vulnerable because you don't, them and and then therefore you never actually get to to reach inside yourself and really understand yourself better like everything that they're saying comes from being single and like, quote unquote, like doing it on your own and figuring, learning about your, like, no, that comes from connecting with somebody on a deeper level. And and then that's where also, you know, you end up facing demons, you end up having a conflict and, and it brings something out in you and you're like, wait, what was that? You know, where did that come from? And and that is an avenue of self-discovery. So there's all of the, like, we, I think, really need to make a push, like in in our capacity. And, and I think that there needs to be this push across media where it's like, no, no, no. I don't know where this feminist lie came from, I assume, um, you know, but it's it's totally backward. It's totally backward. Happiness comes from commitment and freedom comes from commitment, um, you know. so But does that get solved immediately? Does that get solved right now? Does that even get solved in this generation? I don't know, because Gen Z is the ones who are dating the least. Gen Z is the ones who are having the least sex, dating the least, and who are
2: frankly like have no social skills. It's like crazy. We're going to take a quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show.
1: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: Look, the point of this show, I mean, I, I literally started this show to kind of portray the other side of, you know, what married life is like, what relationships are like, um, because I think I want to counter uh, all the nonsense that I see, which just seems fake to me. You know, you, you mentioned the demons that get released and you're like, wow, you know, you get, you get to do a kind of a deeper dive into yourself when you're committed with somebody, but you also get to relax. Like, you get to like actually be yourself and like not worry about how you're being perceived and um, all the different ways that you have to kind of perform for the outside world, you get to just relax that and, and, you know, ease into being yourself, your actual self with your partner. And I I don't think there's anything better than that. A hundred percent.
4: That's exactly it. That's
2: exactly it. And anybody who you're going to be with for like one or two dates,
4: or when you're constantly on one or two dates with different people, you're never fully authentic. And that is probably the most unfulfilling feeling. And the most depressing feeling is feeling like you have to front all the time. And then you get this idea in your head that you don't even know who you are. And if you did, that you couldn't really express, like, you get no
2: practice in expressing that. It's actually, and I love that you use front because that's like one of my favorite words ever. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, because you're a hip hop. So end here with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives. Um, Get
4: serious. You know, people think that you're young forever. People think that you're, you know, going to be in the same place forever, that you're going to have the same vibe forever and want the same things forever. And that's not true. And I think that the best way to get happy is I was actually just with Alex Marlowe last weekend because we were we were at Ampest mm-hmm. together. And, and we were talking about this, like get as serious as you can about your future and your life as quickly as you possibly can and set yourself up as, as best as you possibly can, as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And if that means like, you know, moving out, maybe that, that's what that means for you. Or if that means getting, you know, a salary job as opposed to an hourly job, like maybe that's what that means for you. But like, try as best you can to arrange your immediate life as as much in alignment with who you want to be as possible. And, and I think that you can do that in small ways and big ways. And that is going to be the key to your freedom and your happiness.
2: I love that. Thank you so much for coming on, Emma Jo Morris. Check her out at Breitbart.com. She is fantastic and follow her on all the apps. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us on the Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship. With thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment, on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.
1: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.